Welcome to the Double Scoop Podcast. I'm your host, Holly Hutchings. Today you'll hear from Sogand Tabatabai. She's an Iranian artist, curator, and pattern lover. I'm already excited about the patterns that I'm going to design. <laughs> yeah. We'll hear more about how she uses art to deal with her stress, interpret the world around her, and connect with community. This episode is one of a special four-part series on art and mental health. If you are struggling with mental health issues, please reach out for support. I knew I wasn't the only creator out there facing the ongoing struggle of living in one's own head while trying to make art. It's like I have to produce things in order to be a whole version of myself, and at the same time my chattering mind is throwing up every doubt and criticism in its memory banks. These feelings make me want to slink into a hole, while at the same time that artistic side is telling me to make. I wondered how others make stuff when their brains also feel on fire. It's different for every creator, as we've heard from previous guests in this series. And I wanted to know what it was like for Sogand. Hello. Hello. She greets me at her apartment door where shoes line the threshold. We step inside and weave through boxes, heading down towards Sogan's office in the back of the apartment. She's in the process of packing up to move from Reno, Nevada to Texas, but she still made the time and space to talk. She has a lot going on at this time as she prepares for her first big move since moving to the United States years ago. She and her husband are about to leave Reno, the first and only place they've called home here. A new job awaits Sogand in Dallas. She moved to Reno in 2018 from Tehran, Iran, where she grew up. She studied at the University of Nevada, Reno, and earned her master's in fine arts. She says that passion for art started much earlier in life. My father would tell all the guests, my girl would be the next Picasso. And I, like uh, when uh, people ask me, what do you want to do? What will be your career in future? I would say, I want to be a Picasso. I didn't know Picasso is a person. I thought it's a job. She didn't know what the exact job was, but she remembers how she always used art to express whatever was happening in her life. My mom saved all the drawings I did um, as a kid. When I was three years old or two years old, all these mark making that I did. So she saved all those. And in the first semester in my bachelor degree, I did a project. The name was A Window Through My Childhood. So I used copies and prints of all these uh, drawings. When I was going through these drawings, I found a very um, disordered drawing. And I asked my mom, this is really interesting you know like, can you remember and she said yeah you were super sick and so we went to a doctor and the doctor said uh, it's a virus and so you draw <laughs> you know like you just draw your sickness so yeah that was my way of expressing whatever I was you know feeling I'm glad that my mom saved that I still remember that you know the shape of that drawing it was really striking even though she was encouraged by her parents and her early education was inspired by one of Iran's top art teachers, she knew she couldn't stay in her home country to pursue her dream in her way. When I got my BA in painting, I got already accepted in an MA program in painting um, same university, and it was a fully funded program. I started that program, but it wasn't enough for me. So I knew that maybe I can't be an artist I want in Iran. And then I decided to, you know, like just search across the world. The MA program in Iran was restricted to painting and 
Sogant wanted to experience her art in a broader, interdisciplinary manner, although she says she still speaks drawing and generally 2D art as her first language, she felt the need for her studio practice to move at that time. I never feel like there are borders for artists, so they can always be expressive wherever they want to be. So so U.S. was my first target because um, it's multicultural and it has a great art scene. When she found out an installation and sculpture artist that she liked was an advisor at UNR, I applied and I got to accept it. The move from Tehran, where she had lived interconnected with family and community, to Reno, where she was completely alone, not even her husband could join her at first, happened really fast. But yeah, I had to pack and come to U.S. in just two weeks or so. So it was just a huge anxiety and transition for me, like a whole life. I had to just fit it into luggage. So things that I can't actually fit in luggage, like all those attachments, you know, all those cultural things and feelings, like uh, how would you fit your friends, you know, and your childhood and everything that you're attached to emotionally. In, in your luggage, right? So, yeah, I didn't get the chance to really say goodbye to all those. This huge move dusted up a twister of feelings and fears. At the moment, I thought it's very scary. But now that I'm looking back, I think it really helped me grow. So at the time, I was... I didn't know anyone, and um, I didn't have anyone in the U.S. I didn't have any friends, and... I was just longing for my memories and I knew that I couldn't bring in anything back from the past so I had to just go on and build new friends, new memories and but right now that I'm thinking about um, all the things I went through, I think um, they really helped me to be who I am right now. They helped me to grow and be strong and, you know, like feel, feel like I feel like uh, without those steps, I couldn't be in the place that I am standing right now. I thought about going back like hundreds, hundreds of times, <laughs> but um, there were times that I would cry myself to sleep at nights. There were times that I would just work in my studios with tears in my eyes, and there were times that I would I couldn't talk in classes because I was just this close to start crying. Everything would make me homesick, like seeing trees in the street, for example, you know, like smell of rain, um, seeing the trace of planes, airplanes in the sky would make me homesick. So like literally everything at the time, it was really scary for me to take one more step. So I, I, I thought to myself, I can't take another step. That's it. That I should stop. I should stop here. But she didn't stop. She kept going one day, hour, or minute at a time. Some days I would be just a little happier, a little hopeful that I'm making a little bit of progress. You know, I'm just becoming the artist that I want. But another day was just hopelessness and feeling like, no, it's, it's not going to happen. I am, I, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> But Sogand had someone special to help her through it, and we'll hear from her after this short break. 
In the MFA program at UNR, Sogan Tabatabai worked closely with Mia Hanan, the artist and advisor that compelled Sogan to apply to the program initially. Mia is the assistant professor of art at the College of Liberal Arts at UNR, as well as the graduate director. Mia was very close with Sogan through the course of her degree. She says that most students face significant stress in undergraduate or graduate programs, but Sogan had anxiety, quote, out loud all the time. You know, pretty was, you know, uh, open. I have anxiety. She, she just mentioned that to me. Or, you know, other people. Pretty a lot. It was not really hidden. But at work, too, she, when she showed her work, she did talk about, you know, how anxiety is part of her work. Mia says she helped Sogan turn that anxious energy into the kind of artwork she wanted to make for herself, but also for the greater community. Mia's worked with all kinds of artists, and she says anxiety and other mental health issues are common. She says those feelings can also be a creative catalyst. So I think, you know, every artist has something, not just anxiety, you know, could be anger or any kind of emotion. And I think those negative emotions are fortunate or unfortunate. It's not necessarily a negative for artists, you know. Sogan turned out to be, you know, she has anxiety. And, uh, but as, you know, it sounds, but she used the anxiety as a drive to make our beautiful artwork. Now, Sogan has earned her MFA, made a new life for herself, and has been in the country for five years, the last couple months of which she's been living in Dallas. She's back in Reno temporarily, visiting friends and participating in the gallery show associated with this podcast series. The gallery space holds the varied contributions from our guests, including metal animal skulls, beautiful sculpted glass, and vibrant paintings. Among it all, Sogan showed me her part of the show, over a dozen small white boxes in different conditions, some intact and some broken at the corners. Each has little doors on a black and white patterned background and holds clusters of black threads that are sometimes peeking out and sometimes threatening to burst out of the small container. This installation, I made it recently, like past two months. So they are evolving. I feel really connected to this specific um, series because when I started working on these, my initial thought processing was to, like I saw the doors as myself and, or I can say as humans, as human being. And so like how much we are letting us expose, how much we are trying to close the door or open the door so like that was the metaphor I, I was trying to bring in my work. This was that I would say when did this whole idea of exposing myself in my work started. So like it started with this specific series. So that was why I decided to show this series in this exhibition because I feel personally so connected to it and I feel like it carries a lot of emotion uh, and the threats, the way they're coming out of the door or some in some of them they are trying hard to get out of the door, some of them they are really loose. I feel like I'm just exploring different uh, state of the mind, see myself uh, exploring my own feelings, you know, like sometimes I am really open to them, sometimes I am pushing them under the carpet, you know, like not trying to expose them. I feel like this series fairly shows what I was trying to say. The white boxes in each piece made me curious to know if they mean anything specifically. 
yeah so in one word imperfectionism i would say imperfectionism uh so technically speaking showing these for me always you know like was a challenge so i sh- i've shown them in different exhibitions and each time i show them i create a different setting for them to re- uh, to present them this time i wanted to add a little bit of salt <laughs> to you know to the concept so i always wanted to show them in a setting that complete them so i think the boxes the imperfect boxes that they are being presented in they add to the concept because no matter how hard you know the boxes are trying to keep the artwork inside them but the pressure inside the artwork is making the box imperfect or broken i would say This gallery space is located in the same building where Sogand earned her MFA years ago. Her work hanging here today speaks to feelings of exposure and imperfection, only steps away from the studio space where she had once cried and grappled with sadness and anxiety. The woman who stands in this gallery space with me today is changed. She still feels a lot, but she takes those feelings and uses them almost like data for her work. As an artist, I feel like when I'm in my studio searching for an idea, I am just searching through my everyday life because I feel like my idea, my concept is a child of my experience as a human, you know, like in this culture, in this time of the history. And so, I can't say that I sit and something from somewhere, you know, like uh, happens to me and Now I have an idea or a concept. My daily life inspires me. So sometimes when I have fear or when I have anger towards something, toward a political issue in my country, or when I am uh, concerned about my personal life, you know, and so that shows in my artistic practice because I feel like artists are honest when they are in the, their studio and they can't lie in their work. At least that's the case for me. So I can't pretend that I am working with a concept that is not my concern outside of the studio. So I'm living with my concepts. So so for me, all art and mental health was a topic that I lived with it for one or two years because it was my main subject in my artistic practice. I was going through a big transition in my life when I changed my living environment. And so that caused me a lot of questions, you know, fears, anxieties. And so uh, so that was my main concern as a human being, how to survive this new environment, this new change. And that showed itself in my artistic practice. So I would say I lived with it and I explored it through my art and surprisingly that helped me to I mean navigate through it uh, instead of just saying no I'm fine no I'm fine I'm I'm well I just acknowledge that yeah this change caused me a lot of you know uncertainties and I am I need to address it but at the time of course I was like I didn't know what I'm doing I'm saying these right now (laughs) you know like after seeing the past and you know like wrapping it up for myself Coming from Iran to the state uh, for me was um, like a milestone in my personal life, in my artistic life, because I feel like that showed me now I have a broader range of audience. So right now I am learning uh, this about myself, that um, I am making art for a broader range of audience. It's not just from one specific culture. 
uh, I'm not making art just for Iranians, for example, right? So, but when I was in Iran, when I was an artist in Iran, the major, um, the majority of my uh, audiences, they were Iranian people, right? So we share the same concerns, we share the same um, hopes, we share the same um, fears, but I feel like that circle uh, got bigger. And I'm learning that about myself, that how I'm navigating, how I am, how I want, what ways I want to choose to address this bigger um, audience. The gift of having an international audience can be multifaceted. Sometimes it's a burden. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes for artists, I feel like, at least for me, I feel like it's a big responsibility. And it's joyful, you know, like to make art knowing that it's going to be exhibited and you have broader range of audience. And uh, when it's successfully done, it's a joy that I can't describe <laughs> with words. <laughs> yeah. It's an achievement. I feel like it's a big achievement and probably the biggest win in my life because I, like, at a time, I wasn't sure if I could make it, but I made it. And I feel like each time I, you know, look back and see the path and just oversee everything and all the things I did, all the hard work and everything, I feel like I, that makes me so proud of myself. When I see, a, like, a new student struggling with a lot of pressure, I just share my story with them. So I say, hey, I, I've been there. I know how hard it is, but you gotta stand up and kick asses and just, you know, go and you'll, you'll, be, you'll be there. You'll, you'll get what you want. I feel so proud. Thank you to Sogan Tabatabai for her time and openness with her story. To see the pieces that we mentioned in this story, visit the exhibition titled, I'm Okay, I'm Not Okay, with work from all four of our artists in the Art and Mental Health series, including Sogand. More of Sogand's work is also currently on display at Western Nevada College in Carson City. You've been listening to episode 23 of the Double Scoop podcast. This episode was researched, written, and produced by me, Holly Hutchings, with script editing by Noah Glick. Our theme music comes from Reno singer-songwriter Greg Gilmore. It's a clip from his song, Who Am I? Other music in this episode comes from the artist Young Trashboat. This episode is part of a special four-part series on art and mental health. It was made possible by a grant from Nevada Humanities and the National Endowment for the Humanities. You can find more episodes of the Double Scoop podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or at doublescoop.art. That's doublescoop.art. I'm Holly Hutchings. Thank you for listening. Why?